Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Mark. Uh, I guess officially happy 2023, everyone, um, since we are recording this in the new year. Um, yeah, so it looks like it's going to be an action-packed year in terms of game releases. Um, so fingers crossed that we'll have some fun throughout this year. But uh, yeah, let's start this uh, recording off with a bang. We actually have a guest with us. Um, so uh, first, let's get the normal out of the way. Uh, Tom, how are you doing? I am tired, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, it's been a wild few weeks. <laughs> Chris, Christmas with a uh, a toddler will do that to you. And Jen, how are you Hello. doing? Hello, I am doing well, thank you. All right, and we will um, pull your special audio aside for Kingdom Hearts Two. I know you wanted to talk about that so much. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and our special guest um, tonight, we have uh, Dan, uh, the. Uh, very famous streamer, the Bat Dan. How you doing? Uh, I was gonna say, I think you don't have to say very special because I'm a nobody. If if you had someone awesome on, like I was a super special guest, but uh, I'm just I'm fine. I'm I'm regular Dan. <laughs> Thank you for having you're, me. You're not Robe Bro today for this. It, it is cold, but no, I'm just I'm wearing a fleece right now. He's fleece you, bro. I was gonna say, are you trying to? Is this kind of like a? Uh, are you are you coming on to me, Mark? What are you wearing right now? Oh, Jen knows this from when I use. That's, that's a whole other podcast, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jen knows this. I I like to um cosplay as uh, what's that D and D killer? Oh, the spirit. The spirit. Mm-hmm. But ass nude. Yep. What? <laughs> what? This yeah. is something new to me. <laughs> Is this, is this is this like canon? Whatever this thing is, this creature spirit. Yeah, I think uh, how it started was I think Jen was cosplaying, or maybe it was you and Michelle were cosplaying. Yeah, as one of the killers, and the chat, someone in the chat said, "So who's Mark?" I think it might have been Mayton. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and I was like, "I'm the spirit because I'm in the nude." The spirit is one of the killers in Dead by Daylight, <laughs> Dan. Yeah, and she's in her like basic cosmetics. She. Is pretty much like a naked woman. She's like slashed into pieces, so you can't see anything. Yeah, that was the joke that Mark yeah. was cosplaying as a spirit, but he was off cam. So no, I didn't have a camera on me. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> see, this is this is it's a deep cut. It's a deep. Yeah, cut. you're all cut up now, Dan. Yeah, Very I don't. Have, I, don't just, I just I don't have bits only on TC Tam. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you like to, you like yeah. to spread it out. That that goes back to cool hair, Kate and and Karen, yeah. and, the yep. old days. Yep. So, um, yeah, um, I'm trying to think who should be. Dan, why don't we start with you? Because I think you might only have one or two games. What have you been playing? Uh, I've only been playing the South Park game, uh, South Park's The Stick of Truth. Ooh. Uh, I've been streaming that the past yeah, a really uh, good one. week and a half. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's very, it's not, uh, it's not dirty at all. It's very, very clean. You totally should let, appropriate. You should let your children play it, all all ages. E for everybody, since this is uh, you know game podcast. Uh, yeah, rated E for everybody. Sure it is. Yeah, it's it's. I watched gameplay of it a few years ago, maybe like two years ago. I'd say I just I watched the gameplay of it, and I I liked what I saw. But I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'd ever buy this. You know, it's um, and you and you mentioned this, Tom, in in one of my streams. It's very Final Fantasy ish, um, and I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy, but 
but playing I, i've been watching south park since it came on in the late 90s so it's enough to pique my interest in and and get me through the uh, turn-based combat style all, all the words yeah it, what's good about it is the it, the cinematics are like watching a south park cartoon so i i'm okay with that because like i said i, I watch it so it's just, it's you're you're playing through a south park episode and all the the heavy hitters are there so they they pulled out all the stops with this I, i'm i don't know if i'm gonna play the fractured butthole yeah i heard that's not as good because it, that's more along the lines of the superhero genre. Yeah. Right? I think it's uh, like Coon and Friends. That's yeah. The, yeah. Uh, from what I saw with that, it, the, the gameplay is more or less the same, but they, they changed the combat system. Yeah. Uh, and from what I saw, I wasn't, eh, it, was, it looked okay, but I, I wasn't really digging it. But we'll see. I, it was on sale on Steam for $7. So like, oh, you know, if... Even if I don't like it, it's seven dollars. Oh, I, it's not going to break the bank. Wow, do you hear that, Jen? Yeah, it's, I know he's yeah. making some real progress. It's only seven dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but the um, the difference, Dan, um, between the two is that um, the first one is very much a love letter to people that watch from the beginning up to a certain point mm-hmm. um, in, in the story. And if you haven't really watched much of the new stuff, um, the fractured butthole you might not connect with it as well unless if you still watch all the new stuff um uh, I, when did fractured butthole come out like 2018 yeah but it sort of like this like this will cut off way before this game was re- like the one you're playing like the storyline mm-hmm. it's much more rooted in the first i would say 10 years maybe less um of storyline um for south park because i haven't watched it in a long time and i knew everything that went on and all the inside jokes of 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 the um stick of truth yeah um but for the second one the whole thing revolves around the pc principal a pc principal like yeah i remember him yeah so i i don't know how far into the story you go but that's really the difference is they seem to make a pretty good like split between the two audiences they had like people that picked up on it late and people you know so that's the only thing going in like just if you know that it, it sort of just goes along the progression of the show Makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't keep it rooted in the same in the in yeah. the past. You gotta bring everyone up to speed, essentially. Yeah, and that's more of a a warning also to the audience for anybody who's thinking about it. Um, yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, the um, I think I think the uh, I just love the integration of um, I think it's like Facebook or whatever they call it. Um, in well, Stick they, of Truth, they have Twitter in Stick of Truth because. Uh, They'll say, oh, we, we intercepted uh, a message on Twitter, and Cartman will say, you mean you shot down one of their ravens? And like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, they do a good job integrating fantasy yeah. and real life. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so and streaming's going well with that? Yeah, so far. Um, I haven't had any problems with it, thankfully. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good game to stream because it's it's comical yeah. on its own so i don't really need to make any or i don't have to try to be funny it's yeah. funny on its own so it, it's a big help all right uh jen you haven't you weren't here last episode mm-hmm. uh so what have you been playing um so i've been playing dead by daylight as usual um i finished the holiday event i actually um 
I feel like, and everyone probably had the same thing happen to them. The holidays came up so quickly and then went by so quickly, but there was so much going on that I really didn't get to play a ton of my favorite games and their holiday events. Um, I only finished the Phasma one. So for Dead by Daylight, they actually extended the event because it was so buggy um, that they just kept having to fix things. So I'm, they kept extending it, which was nice. I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, it's shocking. It was like every couple of days, it was like, oh, we released a patch to fix this issue. So I think it ended a day or two ago. It was It, it went much longer than it should have, I think. Um, but I got to finish most of that, which was nice. Um, so that's been fun. I don't think anything new to report with DVD, really. Um, same with Phasmo. Uh, I have been playing Ark as well. Um, Ark was a game that I kind of fell off of for a little bit. It was okay. pretty much right after, actually, I said on this podcast, I don't think I'm ever going to get bored of Ark. And then I think I jinxed myself. <laughs> I reached a point. Yeah. I reached a point where I had these goals that I completed, and then I just didn't know what to do next. I'm like, eh, I guess I'll play something else. Um, but I came back to it, and, and my friends who were on the server, you know, my dinosaurs had all died. So they helped me get new dinosaurs and I'm on a much more advanced track now with like the technology of my base and stuff. So that's been fun. Um, the, the one thing I've seen of arc um, is that there was a video, I think it's on TikTok, um, of a guy playing with his friend and they're like fighting a T-Rex mm -hmm. and the friend's like, no, go in the water. It's fine. It'll be fine. Uh, and then, and then the T-Rex follows him in the water and starts trying chasing them underwater. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yep, that can happen. Actually, um, our friend Maiden that we mentioned a little while ago, he's in the server as well, and he was obsessed with breeding the T-Rexes at one point. And when you, like, all the dinosaurs have stats. So if you have two dinosaurs with really high stats in one particular category, like speed or strength or whatever, you can breed them and hope that the babies have even higher stats. And people can go off the deep end breeding these, like, god-level dinosaurs. So he was trying to breed them to go up against a boss battle for like end game stuff to get um, access to certain things to use in the game. And he accidentally just wound up breeding T-Rexes that were really good at, at surviving underwater for a long period yeah. of time. <laughs> so he was like, I guess this is cool. But his yeah. his T-Rexes had this huge oxygen bar. Yeah. And then he wound up trying to kill them all because he got tired of it. And they just, they live on T-Rex Island now because they could stand mm -hmm. underwater for forever. And he just set them to like wander modes that they attack things on their own and they just have yeah. their own island and they're fine. They're still there. There's like 20 of them out on T-Rex Island. So that's really funny that you mentioned that's that. That's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that YouTube video is great. Yeah. You can tell it's like a guy playing for the first time. Yep. Yeah, you'd think the water is a good idea, but and his buddy's like calming him down, like, no, it's fine, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. It has like funny little quirks like that where it's pretty funny. Um, I've been playing two new games, one a lot more than the other. The first one is called Plate Up. Um, okay. it's very it's it's like a mobile-esque style game, uh, but I don't think it's actually available on mobile in America which is unfortunate because I'd be playing it a lot more if it was. Um, but it's basically like a cooking simulator type game, kind of like, remember the Cooking Mama games? Yes. Like yeah. back in the day, I think they're still around. But, um, yeah, they're on Wii. they were on Wii. 
Yeah. So this game is is you have your own uh, restaurant that you're opening and you start at, you know, day one and you pick the food you want to serve and it's time based and you, you know, you have people coming in and you have to take their order and then cook it and clean up after people and you have a limited amount of seats and it's it's like a time crunch thing. Um, and our friend Death Comes, who we've had on the podcast before, he was streaming it a lot and he's like, oh, you got to join me and play it up. I'm like, oh, I mean... It looks fun, but I don't know if I'd want to get it. You know, it's just not really a game, the kind of game that I'm into right now. And I got it because I think it was free one day for the holidays and I became obsessed with it. It's just like this. I don't know what it is. I guess it's like the uh, the reason why I became obsessed with Neon White, too, because you're kind of yeah. competing for time. Um, it was a lot of fun. It uh, It's very hard to play solo because as you move on to the you know, later days, uh, more customers come in more frequently and their patience wears out really quickly and you have to time things and do things in a certain order. And if you mess up, you are not going to come back from it. So it's a lot of fun. It's really cute. Uh, you could play with friends or you could play by yourself. I think is it, my, is it closer to, um, I don't know if you've played one of these games. You may have, um, I know you've played overcooked, right? Mm-hmm. Is it closer to that or something like Cooks Are Delicious? Um, uh, I that. don't know what Cooks Are Delicious uh, yeah. is. Yeah, Cooks Are Delicious is basically like, it's like a screen um, and their orders come up and you like have to, you're like a short order cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to remember like the keyboard shortcuts so you can do things real quickly. Yeah, um, well, it's definitely like Overcooked for sure. Okay. Um, you're, where, you're controlling a character, right? Yeah, so you're controlling, I think you can have no more than four people in an area at once. So you can kind of designate who's going to be the waiter, who's going to be cleaning up after people and washing the dishes, who's going to be cooking this thing. And then when you get further into it, you have side dishes too. So then like the other yeah. person can be cooking the side dish or whatever. So yeah, you can kind of designate who does what and it's a zillion times easier to have an, another person or two on your team because it gets really insane. You have 15 days and then you unlock, I think it's franchise mode where then you can, I guess, I don't know if there's like a free play where it doesn't matter and you just, I have no idea. I haven't yeah. gotten that far. I've only gotten to day nine by myself, which was insanely hard. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how people solo that game, um, but it's a lot of fun. It's, I personally think right now, I think normally it goes for 16 or $20. I think that's really overpriced for what it is. Yeah. No, no offense to the game, um, but it's fun. So if anyone's interested in playing a cooking game like Overcooked, this would definitely yeah. be a good one. Um, so yeah, I haven't played it much because I've learned by yourself. It's really not that easy. So I only play with other people, but um, I have also started playing... Uh, Red Dead Redemption Online. Okay. Which, yeah, I did not see this in my future at all. <laughs> Had no idea that I was going to be playing this. Um, one of our other streamer friends, Itty Bitty Brit, was, I think, streaming this one day and I had raided in. And I was sitting there watching and she's actually in a role playing server. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to it and I was like, oh, you know, this kind of is D&D esque in a way because. You know, obviously there are missions and stuff that you're going on, but you have a character and she developed this backstory and has a personality for the character and kind of acts it out. So my like, God, oh, that's pretty cool. And then the more I was watching, I'm like, man, I really miss this game. I haven't played this in so long. And then I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll see. I think I have it on my computer. Maybe I'll check out online because I've never done online. And then it just slowly evolved into me becoming obsessed with Red Dead again. And I've now logged like 36 hours in the game over the past... <laughs> 
couple, I would say week maybe. Um, and I'm level, I'm trying to think, I'm level 20. We actually just streamed it on Game Vault Pod uh, this past Wednesday, or I streamed it. So I was waiting um, for you to mention it. Yes. It was interesting streaming it. It's very, it's fun. It's one of those games where there's a ton of hackers that are in the game just to be griefers. Like they just want to troll you. Um, at least I would say two to three hackers I'll run into a day when I'm playing. Um, most of the time they will duplicate your username. So like mine is Roxy Foxy TTV. And it's like R-O-X-I-I, and it's spelled a certain way where there's no one in the world that's going to think of the same exact name as me. Yeah. And the first time it happened, I saw this person running around with the same name. And I'm like, how, how is that possible? There's no way. And I clicked on their profile, and it said, like, Little Bunny, blah, 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 was their name. And I'm like, what? So I Googled it, and it turns out people will hack the game. They'll grab someone's, you know, username. They'll change it to, you know, look like it's them. And then they'll go around and troll everybody. And then when people report them, they'll report me instead. And I'll get banned from the game. So I'm like, are you serious? Like people, yeah, it's ridiculous. And it turns out that Rockstar, I think, stopped doing major updates. I don't know if it was 2022 or the end of 2021. So apparently they care less about reporting when it comes to hackers and stuff. So the hackers are like running rampant on regular servers now. So if you can't get into a private server, yeah. you have a ton of people who are trolls and you have a lot of hackers and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I, it's funny sometimes, but it's also really frustrating, but all you have to do is jump out of the server. If you try to report a hacker half the time, they are notified somehow and then they crash your game on purpose. So I just try to dodge them when I see them. They're pretty obvious. And then you have the random person who will just walk up to you and kill you for no reason, which is very annoying. So aside from those things, it's been fun. I've been doing bounty hunter missions and petting doggos and just riding around on my horse, collecting legendary bounties and, and all that. So it's been fun. Um, I'm trying to get into the server that our friend is in. I applied for it. It's like apparently a huge deal, this getting into this server. I didn't really realize there was like an application process. I applied and got denied because I didn't explain to them why I wanted to be a part of the server in enough detail. So I was like, oh, okay. So I tried again, and if I don't get it, I'll just give up. But yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty much it. I think Red Dead Online is probably the one I'm playing the most right now out of everything I mentioned. Did you beat the story? Did you play through the whole game? Uh, yeah, I played through both, both uh, Red Dead Redemption and then uh, Red Dead 2, the story modes, a long time ago. Like when they first came out, pretty much. And are are you enjoying it as much online as you did the actual game? Um, yeah, I think it's it's still a lot of fun. I actually like, you know how I am with like character creators and all that. I really liked being able to make my own character and choose a you can actually ask, choose how, I was gonna ask how long it took you to make a character. <laughs> uh well, so the first time took me a decent amount of time because there are some pretty wacky designs you can come up with, like rough looking people. And the game crashed as soon as I was done. So then I had to do it again. And then at that point I was like, okay, now I know what I'm looking for. Um, but it did take, it did take a decent amount of time because you know me, but uh, you can pick roles. They call them. So like bounty hunter, collector, moonshiner. There's a bunch of things you can do all of them, but it costs a lot of in-game money to do each role. So you kind of have to like, spend a lot of time grinding in the game 
So I started as bounty hunter. It's been fun. I think it's a little grindy and repetitive unless you pay real, like real life money to buy in-game gold. And then you could use the gold to like do whatever you want, like upgrade your guns and, and go crazy. So I'm not about to do that. So it's more of a grind, but I'm having fun with it. It's, it's, um, a little disappointing because a lot of the buildings that are available in the story mode that you can go into, they're locked, like they're closed off to you in online. So you can't like go into the banks um, unless there's a specific mission that has to do with the bank. Um, you can't like walk into some of the stores. They're all closed up. So it's a little bit more restricted, but it's still very open world, which is nice. That's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. If anyone wants to play, <laughs> let me know because I'm out there getting my butt whooped by random trolls. So, yeah. <laughs> You can message, I suppose. Okay. All right. Tom, what have you been up to? So I have put a little more time into Need for Speed Unbound. The jury's still out for me. I don't know why. It just I I I have not gotten a full grasp on the handling the way I had in other games. For whatever reason, because they decided to make you able to drift a car or use do like a standard turn at this in the same game like usually you had to pick one that you were going to do you were going to have a drift style car or you were going to have a grip style car but now you can do both with the same car so it makes it difficult to adjust to the handling so i still haven't quite gotten gotten a handle on that yet um but so far it's been it's still been fun uh i need to i need more time before i can give it a definitive good or bad uh but other than that, I ha I started another playthrough of Final Fantasy VII Remake because I got it for PC, and I wanted to see the differences, if it was any better, any worse. Because uh, I had heard some things about there being stuttering issues when it first came out, but I haven't seen any of that so far. That's I cool. also got a... I had, I had to get a new laptop because my old laptop died, and I wanted to see if it could handle it. So I decided to download it on there, which surprisingly works pretty well. I was... Nice. Uh, pleasantly surprised it's a good reason um and last but certainly not least crisis core final fantasy 7 reunion uh i have been playing the hell out of all of the missions because i i feel like that game is 90 percent missions 10 percent story i believe so because there's just so many missions you can do which is cool because you don't have to i i know the story already so it doesn't bother me that much to go and do the other stuff. The other stuff's interesting because it it gets it gets increasingly more difficult, and it's you can definitely tell when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time because you'll get hit for like eight thousand damage out of nowhere and be like, "All right, I'm not ready for this yet. I need to come back when I've when I've leveled up a bit." But I am in chapter seven out of i believe there's 10 chapters right 10 chapters yep that's and that's not a spoiler i think everybody should know that at this point yeah. uh but yeah i'm loving i think it i said so it far. on the last podcast oh yeah that's fine i'm really enjoying it so far and i you know if if you like the final fantasy 7 lore and you need more final fantasy 7 this is definitely the game to pick up to play uh hopefully once i finish we'll get our spoiler cast together and really delve into it but yeah but yeah it's uh it's been fun yeah i can't i can't wait for that spoiler cast i already jonathan has told us that he's got a whole thing written about it 
I'm sure he's going to rip the game apart, which is fine. That's, yeah. that's, that's what he wants to what do. You need. you need balance. Yeah, because I'm just going to gloat. Even even though I know there's things wrong with it, yeah, I it doesn't bother me that as much as it bothers him. <laughs> All right, so for me, um, kind of a split week for me. Um, I had uh, started off the uh, uh, beginning of the year because I was on vacation, and I just played one game. I played way too much of Tales of Her- Arise. Um, I'm currently at. I'd have to look. I think I'm at like. 45 hours into that game. Um, I think I'm almost at the end. I got to the, you know, um, my favorite part of the game. Um, So you've all played RPGs before, and, you know, sometimes they have, like, a prologue chapter or something. And then when you finish it, it has, like, the opening video and, the you know, the title splashes on the screen. Well, in Tales of Arise, you have that about four hours in. And then about 30 hours in, there's a whole new opening video with a new splash screen. What? Occurs. <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, that sounds like a Tales game. Yeah. So, yeah, if you play Tales games, there, there's always usually a, a split in the story. But, um, yeah, it, I was not expecting it to go into a brand new cinematic um, and, and bring up the name of the game again. Um, I think it's supposed to be like part of a montage or something. I'm not sure. Um, but... It made me laugh out loud. I kind of knew it was coming, but I didn't know how blatant it was. Um, so that was fun. Um, and then just as I was getting towards the end of that, um, I ended up getting sick. If you can't, if I'm still sounding a little sick, um, we'll just say it's the Rona, despite the fact that I tested negative twice for it. But all I had was a fever and a cough and just didn't want to move. So we're just going to say yeah. it was that. Sounds like um, the flu to me. Yeah, or, the, or it could be the flu too. But, um, so I just spent the last week basically on my couch when I wasn't like working from home answering emails. And I just watched the awesome games done quick marathon. Um, just had that on in the background. So I didn't get to much playing video games while sick. I just didn't want to concentrate on anything and, yeah, be, and be interrupted every five seconds as I was coughing um, yeah. to put down the controller. But there's been some really good runs on there. Um, if you guys want to check it out, like I, um, the the most fun thing if you like to watch long marathons is they did a um uh Super Mario Galaxy race. Um that was pretty pretty spectacular. Those are um, fun. Yeah. So I, I was watching a whole lot of that. So um, I'm hoping to be Tales of Arise um and then get back to Pokemon. Um I beat a couple gyms and a couple of the uh, uh they're called the Star Team in this. I guess it's like Team Rocket equivalent. Um you know, it's it's this is baby's first Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, as I said in the last podcast, I had figured out that I went in the wrong direction and I was making it way too hard on myself. <laughs> uh, and therefore now I am over leveled for where I'm supposed to be. That's funny. So, but hel- helpful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't have to worry about it. My, my duck son is a teen now. That's, so. <laughs> that's, that's typical Pokemon stuff too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So um, but the game's fun. I can see some of the slowdown stuff and frame rate stuff that they talk about. Um, but it doesn't, I'm not a, I'm not a frame rate snob in terms of stuff like that. Like, I'm like, it's a kid's game. I'm not, it doesn't need to be like fighting game. Perfect frame rate for me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty fun game. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm slowly getting to learn the symbols for what type of Pokemon they are. Um, you know, well, what type they are, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So it's, uh, you know, I'm starting to be able to guess when I just see the Pokemon. I'm like, eh, it looks like a water type. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, the only thing that's really been frustrating is that uh, the uh, uh, Pichu that I uh, evolved into Pikachu um, is dog shit. <laughs> and, and dies in one hit all the time. I don't know if his defense is just terrible. Um, Generally, yeah. I, well, also, uh, you got to remember that they are weak against a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Electric type are, are, are definitely weak against a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, but uh, I do have a lot of, I have finally found the thing where you do start getting favorite Pokemon, mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, these three are always coming into battle with me, you know, um, and my duck son is one because apparently the starters in this are, are like stronger than normal in terms of, um, you know, their stats are generally higher to start than the ones you find in the wild. Um, yeah, starters are always generally a bit stronger than, than what you'll run into. Yeah, yeah, they, but so I read somewhere that this is a little bit different, I guess, because they were trying to get kids on the Switch, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to get back to that. Um, and then there's a couple um, games coming out that I'm on the fence about. You know, Forspoken comes out next week. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was thinking since I was playing through Tales of Arise, I was thinking of um, Tales of Symphonia Remastered is coming out and maybe running a, a Tales game as my stream, um, you know, because they're easy games to just run around in. Um, and they have fun, goofy stories. Um, so I was thinking of putting a poll up between that and Vesperia um, to play through because remaster, that remaster is pretty good. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, that's uh, that's about all. I'll let you know the insanity that is probably going to be the ending of this Tales game, um, <laughs> as they all are. Um, and then I'll do like a mini spoiler thing, uh, probably for next week's podcast, because um, I, I I doubt any of you are going to play it. So um, yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Jesus, I've been holding that in a while. Uh, all right, so I know it's January. And the video game industry is slowly crawling out of its holiday cave. Uh, but Jen, uh, what news stories do we have? So we have a few stories. Uh, first up, the Epic Game Store is still doing its free games uh, per week. So I figured I would mention those in case anyone was interested. Um, I hadn't heard of these games, so I will let you know about them. They are pretty interesting. Um, the first one is called First Class Trouble, developed by Invisible Walls. Uh, It is a third-person survival and somewhat of a detective game. Uh, So players in the game are traveling aboard a space cruise ship uh, when all of a sudden the AI network on the ship decides it's going to take control and kill everybody. Uh, So as a player, you have to shut down the AI while also trying to figure out um, the people among you, which one of them are actually android imposters. So that's the detective aspect. Um, So if you're into that kind of stuff, that might be for you. So check that out. The second one is called Game Deck. Uh, It's a single-player cyberpunk RPG developed by Anshar Studios. Um, In this one, it's actually a true detective game. Like, you are a detective, and your job is to solve crimes inside of virtual worlds. Um, Yeah, so you're basically interviewing witnesses and suspects, and, you know, as a detective, what you're trying to figure out who's lying and who may be innocent. And it's one of those choice games where whatever you choose, it impacts the story and the direction that it goes in. Um, and then the last, I was going to, I wonder if it has technology from LA Noir. It's probably not that high end. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, you used um, to do the old, you, when they look up and left, they're lying. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know. Doubt, the old doubt button. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, the last one is called Divine Na- Knockout, or DKO. It's a Redbeard Games and Hi-Rez studio game. Um, this one was the most interesting to me. It is a third-person 3D multiplayer fighting game. Uh, your goal is to beat your opponent and knock them off of the stage that you're fighting on. And the fighters that you can play as include Hercules, King Arthur, Athena, and Thor, uh, including a bunch of other ones as well. Um, they have a couple of game modes. There's the regular mode, which is like a three versus three battle, where each round you have different rules or goals to follow to indicate who wins in the end. Um, and then they also have two V2 and one V1, and those are strictly combat and KO focused. Um, but it looks really cute. It has like a, an anime chibi-like style design. So I think it has some potential. Um, and I like the fact that you can uh, play with friends and stuff on there. So it might be like a cute little fun free thing to pick up and try out. Um, but all three of these games are currently for free on the Epic Store. So you have until January 19th to pick them up. And then if you miss it, they'll just you know move on to three other free games. So Yeah, at least they're... Um being a little more uh, catering to what would be like PC people than what Xbox has been putting out. Um, So yeah, if if you have a PC, I would have Epic and Steam ready for their free games. Um, Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I know I mentioned before Played Up. I'm pretty sure Played Up, I can't remember if I got, I think I got through Steam. But yeah, there's some pretty interesting games that you might not even have heard of before. Just always check them out because you never know what you might want to play. There was like a, I think it's called Kerbal with a K. It was a space, like a rockets and space style game. Space program. Yeah, Kerbal Space Program. Um, And my friends currently, I think he might have beaten it by now, but he was playing through it. And it's, it's pretty advanced. It's kind of like, it reminded me of the level of knowledge you have to have to like, play farming simulator well yeah, enough it, you know what i mean like it's it's, leg- it's legitimate like aerospace like math. yes like yes. you need to not know it deeply but you need to like think that way like yeah and like know what the different parts of a rocket are called and like when to like equip things and when not to and like and, and vector speed and all yeah that it's stuff. pretty crazy um yeah. But I enjoyed watching my friend stream it. He had someone who, um, I forget what he does for a living, but he knew all that stuff. So he was kind of guiding him through it. And it was pretty cool. They built a rocket and they went to orbit and he was guiding him on like thruster speeds and all this stuff. So I was like, wow, this is like legit. (laughs) But this is just an example of the interesting games you can come across when maybe you haven't even heard of it, but you might be interested. So always check out Epic and Steam, especially around now when they're doing all these freebies and stuff. Um, So moving on. Uh, As many of us know, and I'm sure Tom is extra excited for this, the Dead Space remake is rapidly approaching. uh, Yeah, he's so excited. It's set to come out on January 27th. Um, So if you've been following, you know, this game, like I have been, you're probably also excited to play through it. It's got a new game. Um, It's a brand new game where there's a lot of upgrades, like um, they're supposed to be improving the storyline and the characters and different environments within the game. So it'll be nice to play something that's an old favorite but also has like a brand new uh face to it um they're going to be launching it for ps5 xbox series x and pc including steam 
And I think Steam is trying to stand out a little bit from the competition. So they've actually come up with an, an extra incentive to inspire more people to pre-order through them. Yeah. So currently anyone that pre-orders the new Dead Space remake on Steam, which is for the standard version $59.99, will also receive a copy of Dead Space 2 for free, which is still selling for around $20. So... Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It might be helpful for someone who enjoys playing on console and PC to kind of sway, you know, your decision which one you'd want to get it for first. Um, so if anyone out there has been unsure where they wanted to purchase Dead Space Remake from, if you get it through Steam, you get Dead Space 2 for free. So just figured I'd throw that in there. I thought that was pretty interesting. And yeah, then uh, if you don't like eye stuff, uh, don't play Dead Space 2. <laughs> yeah, there is a there is a very interesting part of that game eye trauma fun stuff um and then our last story is a little bit of a rant and you'll understand why in a second um you may have heard of this already uh but especially if you're a content creator on twitch and youtube you may have heard of an app called hover.gg um if you haven't hover is a very content creator focused app where you could fill out a simple profile and you know introduce yourself to other users and use the platform to post clips and videos of your content, and you use hashtags to gain visibility like TikTok. Um, our stream, Game Ball Pod, and uh, my own channel, we both have accounts on there as well, and I've talked about it a lot, so you probably have heard of it. Um, but on January 5th of this year, everyone started noticing that they couldn't log into the app. Like Everyone was getting this weird network error message. And then as the day went on, People also noticed that the official Hover Twitter account at Share on Hover and their Discord had mysteriously vanished. And it turns out Hover shut down on January 5th with absolutely no explanation or warning. So this is extremely frustrating and upsetting to a lot of the content creators who were using the program for several reasons. Um, going through Twitter, I was kind of trying to gauge what everyone's thoughts were on it. And most of the outrage seems to resolve around the, revolve around the fact that if you didn't save your uploaded videos from Hover to your phone, they're gone forever because there's no way to log in anymore and retrieve anything. And some people hadn't done this or hadn't saved all of their stuff because there was no warning that this was going to happen. They didn't say like, hey, you know, we're struggling, so Hover's going to close on February 1st. Make, first, make sure you save your stuff. It was literally like January 4th, it was here. January 5th, it was gone. Nothing. So, yeah, that was pretty surprising. Um, and like, aside from the lack of transparency, personally, I'm I'm really disappointed because this app to me was a really like helpful tool as a streamer. Um, I think it was it instantly was more appealing to me than TikTok, and this is just my personal opinion. I really liked that it was content creator focused, and it really had an appeal for the gaming community and people who are interested in, in watching video games and playthroughs and stuff where, you know, I knew that my videos on that platform wouldn't be lost in a, you know, all these videos of people dancing and lip syncing and telling weird stories. And it was, it was a niche, which was really helpful. Yeah. And, you know, the networking aspect of it was great. Like I met a lot of awesome content creators through that app and I really enjoyed scrolling through and watching clips and videos. And I wasn't trying to like, you know, I'm not scrolling in between videos for forever trying to find something that I was actually interested in because again, it was very, it was very um, focused in on what I wanted to look at. And, you know, when you found someone on there that you liked, the app allowed you to link right to that person's stream. And if you were following someone, the app also had a section where if they were live, 
it would list everyone that was live. So that was giving them the extra visibility where, you know, like, oh, you know, I haven't checked this person out in their live. All I had to do is click the button and it would put me right to Twitch. So it was really easy. And I know a lot of people found me through Hover. I found a lot of people through Hover. Um, one content creator that I'm friends with, he had so much, he put so much time and dedication into his content on that app. Um, it really helped people find him and realize what an awesome content creator he was. And he's now partnered on Twitch. Yeah. So it, it was just, it's really helpful. Um, they had like daily and weekly challenges where creators could submit their videos depending on the category and you could win prizes like money prizes and got a lot of exposure that way. And the devs would be live with other streamers hosting these challenges, which just, there was a ton of engagement. Um, there was a super like feature, which was literally a button labeled GG. And you had up to three, I think that you could use a day where if you felt like a video was just extra amazing, you could give it a GG and it boosted their engagement, which would show up on, like let them show up on more people's feeds. So it was a very like support and engagement focused um, app. And um, I also really liked their video editing capabilities. So like you could link your Twitch account directly to the app. It would detect all of your clips. You could select what you wanted. And the best part was it would edit your video. So it would take the top half of the, uh, the post would be your face from the webcam. The bottom half would be a full screen of your gameplay. And it was really helpful in compared to TikTok where you have to download your clip from Twitch to your computer and then edit it in another program if it's not perfectly clipped. And then you have to worry about your camera being covered up by the icons on the side or like the icons just blocking half of your gameplay anyway. So I'm just all around really disappointed if you couldn't tell that this app is no more. I um I thought that it was, I remember when it first came out and I learned what it was. I was like, man, this is like, this is kind of what we've been missing, content creators in general. Um, but yeah, it's it's... It's disappointing because there's no explanation as to why it was shut down. Um, so, you know, people are speculating that the app may have been too content creator focused where the Hover team just failed to get the word out to enough of the gen general gaming community to reach viewers who weren't just content creators, but just enjoyed watching video game clips. Like we all know like there are a ton of people on Twitch who don't stream, but they are on Twitch to watch other people play. So those would have been, you know, the people they may have wanted to go after maybe they didn't i don't know um but yeah it's it's really disappointing um and i feel like the next time an app like this comes out i'm gonna be very wary whether or not i want to i use it because i kind of feel like the devs just made a bunch of money from this app and then just took it and ran so i don't know if anyone else listening has thoughts on this or if they liked hover didn't like hover i, I would say uh, to your to your last point i would think they I don't think it's the money and ran because they would have just sold it if they, you know, uh, just wanted money. I think maybe they just bottomed out because they couldn't figure out how to monetize it um, and just decided to leave because, you know, they don't re they didn't really care about the community. Um, you know, they were just trying to be the next Vine or I guess Instagram before Facebook, you know, and just make this big thing. And then maybe Twitch buys them. You know, sure. yeah, or, or you know, or Amazon, I should say, more. Right. You know, you know, to have, with all that connection and stuff, and then it didn't happen, and they were like, yeah, well, move on to the next thing. Yeah, you know? I, I had seen um, like a little bit of a backstory. The devs, there's two of them. Apparently, right before COVID, they had this idea because they were aware of how hard it is for a streamer to get noticed and you know gain exposure. 
aside from getting like ridiculously lucky and going viral or knowing a huge streamer and stuff like that. So they were developing this idea slowly and then COVID hit and they're like, now's our chance to really put our effort into this and develop yeah. this app. And and then obviously this happened. And then somebody was saying that they heard a rumor that the the guys are just moving on to doing some kind of crypto thing. Yeah. So I was that like, Ugh. Me. yeah, I was like, man, and it sucks because like I said, like their discord shut down, they had a really good discord community and they shut down their, their Twitter. And then like the devs are just like silent. Like they won't tell anyone anything, which is just like, I don't know. It's, it feels really like mean, <laughs> sounds yeah. silly to say, but it's it was weird. Uh, why, yeah. why, why would you give it? And it seems like there was a, a decent amount of engagement on, on hover. Yeah. Why would you just like not tell anybody that you were going to shut it down? And right, just, just give people a heads up. Like, I mean, I did notice that the whole like the weekly challenges and stuff. Um, I would get notifications, you know, on Hutter, Hover when a new one was starting, and then uh, I don't know when it stopped, but I started noticing they were happening like less frequently. So I was like, you know, maybe it was so much in the start that like it was too much for them to keep keep up with some you know because they were giving out like monetary prizes or other things um but yeah i don't know I, they could have at the very least been like hey thanks for you know all the support and everyone that used our app over the past i don't know eight months however long it was around um but we're shutting down on this date you don't even if you don't even want to say why just let people know you know like thanks for using our app we unfortunately are going to shut down Good luck to everyone in the future. Like something, not just disappear in a day. That's very the, weird. It's just a weird thing that you would just shut down a social media and just like not say anything. Right. It yeah. seems it seems a bit more fishy to me than them just being done with it. Yeah. And I was like scouring the internet before trying to find out any kind of like, did one of them finally say something? Is there some kind of explanation? And I couldn't find anything. So like I said, it's just speculation, like, was the app failing? I guess, in a way, it probably had to have been. But it was just... They must have just run out of money. Yeah, but yeah. still, say something. Yeah. It stinks because, like I said, like, as a content creator, you know, you would know how hard it is to get people to even know that you exist. So this tool felt really nice because it was like, oh, finally, someone gets it. Like, someone gets that we need networking and exposure and then it it fails and goes away <laughs> so it's it's like they were dangling they were dangling a carrot and then just pulled it out of the way at the last second sort of thing so oh, yeah, i don't know oh. yep, yep gotta be quicker than that but yeah that's that's all i had i figured i'd end it on uh on a slightly bigger story than the other two <laughs> but yeah slow slow uh news couple of weeks so far for us well that's definitely some some tough news for anybody that used that app for sure yeah yeah i really liked it i'd be interested to hear if anyone else um you know had opinions on hover if they liked it if they didn't like it i saw a few people saying you know like i didn't really see anything come from it but other people were like yeah i know streamers that spent like almost treated it like tiktok where they spent hours a day creating videos and editing it and like you know this was their platform kind of thing and it, it actually reminded me of mixer a little bit reading some people's stories. I mean, obviously nowhere near to the extent of that, but it stinks. Like you get something nice and then they take it away. It's sad. So I don't know if I'll trust another app for a while doing that <laughs> yeah, to put tough. the effort into it. So we'll see. All right. So uh, 
we'll move on to our topic of the week. And um, yeah, I think um, yeah, since I I, I kind of think I got what I uh, what it is, I'll just let uh, Jen. You, this is your topic, right? So yes, and it was yes. actually inspired by Mister the Bat Dan underscore who was joining us. Yeah. Um, so go, yeah, go ahead and uh, explain to the audience. Sure. So the topic is basically games you can play blindfolded and not not necessarily literally blindfolded. It's more like what are some games that you've played so much? It's like second nature or muscle memory where if you could close your eyes, you're confident that you could navigate through the maps and the levels or have a clear image of where items are and, you know, where everything is located, uh, where, you know, if most people need to play with their full senses but you even could potentially be under some kind of handicap or or something like that where you could still make your way through the game. So these are games that you could literally play blindfolded if you had to, and you'd still do a decent job at them. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Dan, were you prepared for this, or should the three of us just roll with it? I can go. I okay. Think. I'll let yeah. you go I first. gave him a heads up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. She, she told me ahead of time. Um, yeah. One of them is definitely... Donkey Kong Country 2. I could probably play that. Again, not blindfolded, but I, I know my way around Donkey Kong Country 2. Um, and probably the other game, I'm trying to think if there's anything else other than the one I have picked. We'll, we'll come back around to you. Well, no, I, I I have it. I was just, I wanted to see if if I could think of another one, but... Yeah, no, we do like Round Robin. So oh, oh. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Don- <laughs> so Donkey Kong Country Two is mine then. Yeah, as was for those of us who joined for the extra life. By the way, um, I forgot that we didn't mention last week. Thank you so much for donating to extra life. We uh, eclipsed two thousand between me and Roxy Fox, or us and Roxy. I shouldn't say. Me. And the Bat Dan. And the Bat Dan. Um, I made twenty dollars. So. <laughs> Twenty-five. Uh, more than zero. So exactly. You Any out. anything is better than you know nothing. As they say, Dan, twenty dollars is twenty dollars, right? <laughs> you do a lot with twenty dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, God, I, we forgot his name. Um, went went to the sh- thrift shop with twenty dollars. Um, oh, Macklemore. Yeah. Yep. That's a great song. Uh, uh, <laughs> God, we're so, old. That is yep. an old song. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so, but on the stream, uh, Dan uh, played through the entirety of Donkey Kong Country. That was two, right, that you beat? Yes. Oh, no, actually, I, I beat the, the first one. Yeah, Donkey oh, the first Kong one. Country. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, even... Uh, I did play you. the second one, but I didn't beat it. Yeah. I got tired. <laughs> I got tired. <laughs> it was Understandably. Like three, it was like three in the morning or four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's like a testament, though. Like, you're so good at Donkey Kong 2, Country 2, that you could be half dead and you're, like, still doing well. <laughs> Way better than I yeah. could ever do it, fully awake. I, I got to the castle part of the map, and then I just kind of, like, started dying with, like, really silly deaths mm. that no one would, you know, no one should die from. I was like, all right, I think it's time to call it quits. <laughs> You haven't yep, seen me play Donkey know. Kong Country, no. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have seen you play Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> Dying to things people shouldn't die to. Um, I, I swear, back when I was nine years old playing Super Mario Brothers for the first time, I probably died at the first Goomba. Oh, well, I'm sure we all did. You know, yeah. No one knew what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Tom, what is yours? Or your first one? So, my first one, speaking of the first Goomba, is the original Super Mario Brothers. Nice. Uh, 
I feel like the first two or three worlds I could do almost blindfolded just from doing it over and over and over and over again. Because when I was a kid, we only had four or five games. So the original Super Mario Bros. was one of those games, and it got played quite a lot. Quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. It, is it one of those that um, somebody could ask you um, about something in a certain level and you'd be able to sort of parse where they are? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people of our age, generally, the original Super Mario Bros., if you own an NES and you weren't a Sega kid, no, I mean, no offense to anybody that was a Sega those, kid. Those weird Master System kids? If some, some, there were, I knew a couple. There were, I knew a couple when I was growing up that had Master Systems, but that's besides the point. But if you had an NES, you most likely had Super Mario Bros. 1. And if you, you know, weren't the most well off family, you played that game a lot, yeah. and it's just, I feel like even today I could probably go through and at least blow through the first three or four worlds without too much issue. So, uh, Jen, what's yours? So, the games that I picked are a lot newer, because even though there are a ton of games that I played through a lot as a kid and, and like a young, like a teenager, young adult, um, these two still stand out to me as like the ones that I legit could say. And have played blindfolded, actually. Um, so the first one is Phasmo. I literally played this game blindfolded where I had to have someone like guide me through where the front door was because I couldn't see anything at all. Um, obviously, you need to be able to see what you're doing in this game in order to survive it. But when I was blindfolded, I knew the literal house that we were at. I can imagine like basically how many steps it would take to get up to the front door. Um, every room, the location of all the closets and the furniture, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This is, you know, a game I know every single map, aside from, I will say, the newest Asylum maps, because I hardly play there, because I don't really, don't really like them that much still. Um, but I know how to use every piece of equipment, the ghost's little ten tendencies and hints that, you know, can give them away. And it's a game that relies heavily obviously on investigation where sometimes you have to make an educated guess depending on the difficulty that you're playing at. Um, and, you know, there are definitely still times when I make stupid mistakes or I get unlucky and like the ghost traps me in a room and I die, but I always go in with a strategy. And I think the knowledge of playing the game so much still puts me in the best position to, to win when I, when I do win. And this is a game where I can now solo this really easily where it took me a decent amount of practicing to get to that point. Um, because you need to be aware of like your sanity level and the potential of you being hunted and playing alone. I feel like uh, you waste a lot more time having to bring in equipment and you're using a limited number of things at one time. Whereas a team, you have one person in the van watching the sanity and the cameras and there's three other people in the house doing the investigating and the evidence collecting. So um, I definitely can play by myself easily. And like I said, I literally played blindfolded and survived. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely Phasma is one of those games where you know you play it forever. And I I think I'll uh, always be on top of knowing where everything is as yeah. they come out with more updates. Yeah. So my my first one. Let me just get the obvious one out of the way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could play it blindfolded. Um, uh, but I could probably uh direct anyone to any chest in Link to the Past. Um, mm -hmm. And I thank the randomizer for that. Um, the only thing I can't do anymore, which I would have to get back in practice with, 
is knowing in the vanilla game which chest had what thing. Um, just because randomizers ruined that. Um, sure, yeah. But if you um, ask me where a chest is, like, oh, I've been to all these places in the in the overworld. And I'm like, have you gone down here and done this? And, oh, that's a that's a cave? Well, yeah. You know, sort of stuff like that. Because fighting those randomizers, you have to know the entire map. You have to know all the dungeon maps, almost like the back of your hand. Um, yeah. Just so you can realize when you've exhausted all the chests um, when you're looking for stuff. Or no. Okay, that's not worth it. Yeah, you know, to get that chest. Um, and one of the other stupid strategy things, which isn't blindfolded related. Um, but I think I could, I could probably do some of the boss fights blindfolded, maybe. Um, some of the easier early ones. Um, but you know, is is the fact that I've got with the randomizers, I've gotten to the point where I can realize if what chests are remaining, if they have an item I need or not in them. Like if I go, oh, I've gotten there's five chests in here, I've gotten two items, but I haven't gotten the map, the big key, or the compass yet. Okay, that means there's no other item left in this, dun- you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, uh, it's just one of those back-of-the-hand things um, from playing through, you know, all those randomizers. Um, and, and also, um, it's a, I guess it's a little different, um, because I've heard people that uh, can do the same thing for the, the first Legend of Zelda um, is just because they had to do it by, you know, drawing out the map and sort of that whole memorization pen to paper, mm-hmm. you know, is, is a little bit simpler um, in, in that, you know, you sort of can memorize it faster. But um, that's why I'm a, a little glad that this game is, is, is slightly more simplified in the fact that, you know, it does have you know, the maps uh, that are easy to, uh, to to sort of remember. It's not as wide open as the first one is. But, uh, yeah, so obviously I'll get that obvious one out of the way, um, Link to the Past. So, Dan, what's your second one? Second one. So now that I was thinking about it, um, I, it's still probably the game that we're covering tonight, later. Spoiler alert. Well, I don't know if it's a spoiler anymore. But, uh, yeah. um I picked Star Fox 64. I yep. I used to play that game all the time. I I would play that game while listening to the Godzilla 1998 soundtrack. So got a Jimmy Page and Puff Daddy going on. Yeah, yeah. Come with me. Uh, and the Wallflowers were, were on that as well. Jamiroquai. Oh, so Jamiroquai. Yeah, full of 90s goodness. <laughs> so I, I had the old school boombox. I had a boombox that would, was in my old room, my childhood room. And I would play Star Fox while listening to that. And I would try to figure out all the special ways because there's different paths. And we'll, yes. we'll get into that uh, a little later. But there's different paths that you could take. And I would just try to figure them out while listening to Godzilla, the, the soundtrack. <laughs> so yeah, I, I played that game quite a bit. I feel like this, out of the ones um, so far mentioned, this is the one that you could probably, if you tried enough, uh, could play it blindfolded. Cause it's there's not really lot, that difficult. There's a lot of sound cues, which is yeah. what, what I think is the main um, necessity for, obviously, for playing a game blindfolded. Right. It has to be a game that has sound cues um, in it. Um, which is why I don't think you could really do Zelda outside the bosses 
for any Zelda, um, you know, blindfold it. Um, but I'm sure someone has to make me look it up. Um, I'm sure there's a speed run done blindfolded. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I can, I can definitely see that just from playing through um, recently, because I haven't played Star Fox since it first came out. Um, and you mentioning that, I'm like, yeah, I could see. I could see Dan getting good enough to, he could maybe get through the first level without, with a blindfold on. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the thing that I was saying before, how it inspired me, or he inspired me for this topic was at Extra Life. It wasn't this year, it was last year's Extra Life, or well, 2021's Extra Life. Um, we had the Wheel of Consequences and it was play without glasses, I think, or take off your glasses was one thing. Yeah. And he like, did you beat the game without your glasses, Dan? Or you got through a bunch of levels if you didn't beat it without I, your I, glasses, which was almost blindfolded. I got through a few levels. I didn't beat the whole game. Yeah, you did very, it was surprising. You were like, started out kind of nervous. And then you like, we were just all waiting for you to mess up. And then it just didn't happen. <laughs> we're like, oh my God, he's so good. He doesn't even really need to see. Well, the, the, the secret to that game is just doing a lot of barrel rolls. Yeah. Because while you're doing that, you deflect uh, incoming attacks. So if you're just constantly barrel rolling to the side while shooting, you're just going to get through it because you just keep moving forward regardless. So that's that's the, the sneaky truth. They don't want you to know. That's, <laughs> it's the life hack. Wow. Five things, that, five things that Nintendo doesn't want you to know about Star Fox 64. <laughs> Clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tom. So my next one is going to be the obvious one, and that is Final Fantasy VII, specifically Midgar. Uh, I'm pretty sure I could get through Midgar blind, deaf, asleep. You know, it, it just because I've done it so many times. Uh, and it's generally that game that I will play in the middle of the night in during Extra Life if we need somebody to play a game because I know it being turn-based, uh, turn-based uh, a battle system, I don't have to worry about, you know, reacting super fast so i can definitely get through that game probably i bet you i could probably get through it blindfolded if i really needed to mm -hmm. at least the beginning part but uh yeah i mean when when you've beaten a game or love a game that much it, it's bound to happen yeah. to be able to do that definitely yeah i would imagine that um you would just need maybe a couple weeks of training to like be able to count like um and not even the steps, but like when you're in battle, like like how many to get the different menu items. Oh yeah, and you things. can and you can set it so that it remembers where your yeah. where your cursor is, so you wouldn't even need to really do a whole lot. Yeah, you like I said, you would just need maybe a couple sessions to sort of get that ear down for you yeah. know that stuff. And like you were saying, it's all vocal or um, it's all it's all music cues and. And audio cues, so you don't have to really. Yeah, you don't have to worry about falling in a pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, Jen, what's your next one? Uh, my other game that I picked is my other, my other fave, uh, Dead by Daylight, um, which shouldn't be a surprise either. Um, pretty much for the same reasons that I mentioned uh, as Phasmo made it on this list. So, you know, I've, I've put a literal thousands of hours in the game learning the maps. Um, the perks for both the killers and survivors, and also doing a lot of personal research on how to improve gameplay, like looping the killers efficiently and gathering, you know, like tricks for how to play certain ways during different type of in-game situations. Um, 
it Dead by Daylight is definitely a game that might seem kind of simple, you know, in its basics at first, but there are a ton of details that you need to learn if you really care about getting better. And, and uh, once you dive in, you're like, oh, this button opens up a whole blood web. And like, what is this thing? What is this thing? There's a lot of reading. Um, and it's really, it's really important to know the maps as any other multiplayer game. You know, if you're in a chase, you need to know where to go and not corner yourself or how to get out of a chase. Um, you know, it's really important to know what all of the perks do. And there are, I should have looked this up beforehand. Every survivor comes with three perks and there's probably about 25 survivors. And then the same for killers. There's just, there's so many, and there's also extra built-in perks. There's so many things that all do different things. And knowing what they all are and, and what they do will help you build an effective perk loadout that fits what you want out of the game. And it fits your gameplay. So, you know, if you're a survivor and you're a good looper, you want perks that assist you in being able to run the killer for as long as possible. Um, and if you're not so good at that, you may want perks that help you doing generators faster or, you know, altruistic perks where you can help your team remain healthy. Um, or as the killer, you know, you want perk builds that make sense to run together, maybe to, you know, really slow down generator process or progress or bleed out survivors or, you know, give you the best chance at winning as the killer. Um, and like there's a huge emphasis on teamwork, especially if you're not playing with friends. Uh, knowing when not to rush in for a save if, you know, there's a certain killer that's face camping, you know, generators aren't done. There's all these different situations. There's specific in-game lingo, which I'm trying to avoid using because <laughs> I've been yeah. called out for in the past. It's like its own language. Um, I guess to put it simply, this is a game where I've played it so much and, and I've tried to put a lot of effort into learning and like improving my own gameplay. Um, I Like I said before, I literally, I played as killer partially blindfolded um i was wearing that stupid baby mask during this year's yeah. extra life and it actually also mostly muffled my hearing as well because it was the thicker plastic yeah. so not only was i almost totally blind through the little eye holes um i also could barely hear what was going on and i still did pretty well so i feel like that fit in well with the category in itself but uh yeah, this was another one of my favorites that i could probably play but blindfolded i guess if i had to yeah. I, I feel that all that game needs to do to have somebody try to do a blindfold run at like a GDQ or something or some or some fun stream mm. is just get rid of the uh, skill checks. Oh along. yeah, yeah. Or yeah. or if the skill checks always had the bar in the same spot. But yeah, 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 something like that. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing that's like random, right? Um, yeah, the the sound in that game is so important. Like if you're not playing with headphones. You're at such a disadvantage even because yeah. you could tell directionally where the killer is coming from. You could hear survivors breathing. Sometimes there are perks to make it louder. So yeah, yeah, you could totally, I feel like that's true without the skill checks. It's pretty much, it was a lot easier anyway to be totally blindfolded and play. Yeah. 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 And it'd be fun to see someone if, yeah. if, if there's a way to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, the one that I'm going to choose is one that's very famous for blindfold. Um, and I feel I would need a few months or more of training to actually attempt this. But I can get through probably, which is the easy part of the game, uh, the first two circuits of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out um, without much trouble. Um, and, you know, uh, I feel, I feel I've, I've been able to do it so well visually um, that I've never really trained myself for the, you know, the ear part which which is very you know the sound part 
um, which is how people like, I, I believe it's Sinister One and stuff like that, um, that I've run it at GDQs and, and other events um, where they beat the entire game, including Mike Tyson, um, blindfold it. Um, yeah, there's two runs. You watch the one where the guy does it on his own, and then there's a blindfolded run where two of them are blindfolded and they each use one half of the controller um, to get through it, and they beat the game both times. Wow. Um, so it's already a, a, a game that everyone knows you could do blindfolded. Um, and I feel I've gotten enough practice with at least those first two circuits that if I train myself for the hearing part um, of it, which would be, you know, um, an accomplishment for me uh, from personal physical disabilities. But um, yeah, the, um, the only one that I actually use, uh, there's two I use sound cues for. Um, and uh, I think you have to, even if you're looking at it, um, when you're fighting, um, you know, uh, Tiger, um, I use the sound um, to know when to block down when he's doing his, his, his Tiger punch. Um, and with, ba- and with uh, Bald Bull, when he's charging, like to get the timing, like I count in my head um, with the stomps of when to hit him to knock him out. Um, but yeah, I feel that's a game that given some practice, I could at least make an attempt at it and probably lose the glass Joe. But um, yeah, Mike Tyson's Punch is definitely a game that I, uh, I know at least the first eight boxers or nine boxers or whatever it is um, pretty well at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was the first one that came to my mind for this. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really fun. Um, um, I don't know if, uh, again, it's my yearly recommendation to anyone out there listening to go watch those speedruns. They are probably the biggest skilled speedruns I've seen ever. Um, so, yeah. So, Mike, there's a bunch of mine here. Um, does anyone else have any others? I just uh, have the two. I, I kind of have an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel I'm out like, too, so. Yeah, I, I, my honorable mention would be uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the original. I feel like I, re- I can remember where everything is, like the secret tape and everything else. I feel like I, I feel like I could, I could walk anybody through that game if I really needed to. Let's go to the blindfolded part here, Tom. Um, do you think you could do the opening map blindfolded and get like a high score on it? Um, probably. I, I think I could. Again, audio cues. There's a lot of audio cues in that game, so I feel like I could. Uh, yeah, I could at least get. A, a decent score like one of the scores that are that are yeah. uh that are needed for to yeah to get through the uh the career mode yeah because i wouldn't put it on anybody to try and figure out like the longer levels like the school and the mall and all that because that that first level so enclosed um at, at least the um that you could probably memorize the whole thing and be able to do it with a blindfold on pretty easily i don't know if you i would be i'd be impressed if someone, not saying you in particular, Tom, but someone would be able to like hundred percent that level blindfolded, like that this. would be impressive. Yeah, it's, that would be that would be quite difficult. Yeah, like knowing exactly where on the ramp to jump up to get the secret tape, you know, and that stuff. But I, so, these people are insane. So, <laughs> you know, who knows? I didn't think you could beat Mike Tyson blindfolded, but apparently you can. Um, yeah. So I think that's everything for this subject if if you guys have any games um that you feel we'll do kind of a split topic here um as we did um 
if you think there's a game that you could definitely play blindfolded, or if you think you could play one of the games that we mentioned here, um, you know, with blindfolds on, or if there's a game that you could have been one of the experts at the Nintendo helpline, you know, they and didn't need one of the books that they put in front of you for that, um, that job. Um, and you could tell somebody where to get something without even a hesitation or even needing to see where they are in the game. Let us know on Twitter at Game Ball Pod or on our Discord, um, Game Ball Pod as well. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be happy to uh, see your answers here. And uh, as previously mentioned, uh, move on to our Retro Roulette game this week, um, which was Star Fox 64. Yeah, for... Mark, before, we, before we get too far into it, I would like to hear what Jen's score would have been for, uh, for Kingdom Hearts 2. On the oh, spot, yeah. Jen. Yeah, so um, I really quickly will say I really loved playing that game again. Um, and I remember, Tom, how you mentioned, like, as soon as it started up, it put you right back in, like, high school playing it. Um, for me, I played it in college, but still it, it did the same thing. Like it put me right back where I'm like, man, I remember like sitting in my dorm room with my friends and just playing through this. Um, it was great. I had so much fun with it. I would give it, it's kind of hard to rate it because I want to rate it a five out of five. Cause it, you know, I love it. I'm going to give it like a four and a half out of five. I gave um, it a five. So you're allowed to. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's such a good game. Um, and there's really no complaints that I have about it at all. Um, I had fun. I had so much fun even with like in the beginning where you have to raise money or like collect money to get your ticket. Um, just running around and doing like one of the three different jobs that you could do. I did it so much. I feel like that I was like, wait, I definitely can be done now. I was like just trying to do things better. And I'm like, this is this is one of the reasons why I love this game so much, because it's just so much fun in all these different ways. So I'll say a four and a half out of five for Kingdom yeah. Hearts too. That's fair. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think I was like four, four and a half as well. Um, mm -hmm. There as well. Uh, so good game, not surprising. Yeah. Um, game. It's a classic for a reason. Yeah. Um, so this week's game, uh, another classic. Um, that uh, for the, uh, I'm assuming uh, what this came out for uh, what system? Uh, N64. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic because the name is Star Fox 64. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. One, one of my favorite naming conventions um, is, uh, you know, Nintendo putting 64 in front of all of their, uh, a lot of their first party games um, at, of this era. But um, yeah, this was a game that I haven't played uh, since um, around, I guess, when it came out because I would have rented it. I never owned it. Um, uh, and it is one of those things I was talking to Tom when I streamed it. Um, it, it, it sort of looked like how I remembered it looking, um, and not like going, oh yeah, that, you know, cause it felt like it was like HD 720, you know, when you've played it for the first time, uh, back in the, in, in the late nineties. Um, but yeah, the, we all, I think we all played it on the, um, the, uh, the Switch Online. Um, I played it, it on both. Yeah. So, so I'll have I have notes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I played it on there, and if you guys watch the stream, um, I played one section of it with a cat covering half the screen, and still <laughs> did well. Um, and um, I played the second half, and then realized that apparently, um, the pro controller it sometimes has a hard time mapping the C buttons. Um or doing it consistently because it has to be on the right analog stick. 
Um, so I was having trouble in some of the fights because I couldn't do quick 180 turns. I could only really barrel roll, which when a guy's behind you and you're trying to sort of do the top gun, go over the top and end up be in, behind them, um, doesn't really work. So I kept dying at, at the one time section when you're fighting the four um, pilots um, there. But um, I really enjoyed the game. Um, you know, I it had the inverted controls that I enjoy. Um, you know, and the fact that it was just up and down was inverted and not left to right. Uh, because left to right invert breaks my brain. Um, despite the fact that it should be the same idea. But um, I can get with the concept of pushing down to put the nose of a plane down. And pushing up to bring it up. Or, or back to bring it up. Um, sort of the idea there. Um, so I didn't have much trouble with the controls in that sense. I just wish I would have had the full range of controls um, to get a little further. But um, yeah, I, I, I probably would have been able to play more if I would have played um, on my totally legitimate N64. Um, but I enjoyed the graphical upgrade um, for this. So um, we will... Um, I guess we'll let Tom go, because I, I think uh, Dan's on here for a particular reason in regards to Jen's opinion. So um, we'll go. We'll start with Tom and his notes. So I really enjoy I really enjoyed this game. Uh, I played it first on original hardware and using the original controller. And I tried using a more modern style controller that uh, Retro Fighters put out. And it worked pretty well with both of them because they both had C, C buttons. And I found the game to be quite easy playing it on the original hardware. I think I made it halfway through the game pretty much without without dying. Uh, and then I loaded up the Switch version, and I don't know what the deal was, but it made try having the C buttons mapped to that analog stick made it like ten times harder. I don't know why they. I mean, for certain games, it makes sense. For Mario sixty four. In games that actually use it as a camera, uh, camera control, that it made it a lot more sense. But on the Switch, it made it way more difficult because you're using an analog input to try to input a digital input, if that makes sense. Digital is zero or one. Analog, there's a lot of in between. So if you don't hit it quite right, like Mark found out, it, uh, it made it a lot more difficult. But other than that, uh, the game is... It basically takes everything that Star Fox did on the on the Super Nintendo and makes it work. <laughs> yeah, because because on the Super Nintendo it 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 was more. I feel like it was more of a proof of concept before, yeah. more than anything. So this is kind of a rehash of the Super Nintendo version, and I I'm cool with that. Uh, it it plays well. Uh, it looks it still looks pretty good to this day. It's it's held up pretty well, surprisingly, and. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Okay. Well, um, I think the way we'll handle this is we'll give um, uh, both uh, Jen and Dan opening statements um, <laughs> on this. So, uh, Jen, you can go first. Okay. Um, I am clearly in the minority on this when I say that I do not like this game. Uh, never did. Never will. And I feel as though it is uh silly and ridiculous <laughs> and uh i don't i don't like the the inverted controls i played it on switch i don't know if there's a way to remap the controls on 
uh, no. the 64? I don't think so. Okay. I had a really hard time. And I know, I know if I actually gave it the effort and, you know, really tried to get used to the controls and all of that, I would be better at it and therefore enjoy it more. But I don't want to because I didn't have fun. <laughs> um, the music's fine. Um, I was I was joking around with Dan before. It's like I was like, it's silly. They have animals as as like, you know, flight pilots and or whatever. And he's like, it's a game. It's it's supposed to be like I like kids for kids, I guess. And, yeah. you know, it's just the characters. And I was like, yeah, but like the what's what's the frog's name? Slippy, Slippy. or something. Slippy. Slippy's annoying as fuck. <laughs> and like then you have the the rabbit Eppy. character. What was his name? Blippy. Epi. <laughs> Peppy. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Um, he's like, you know, oh, let's let's go. And you're in a mission. And then he's like, well, I got to go. Bye. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Just, you know, leave. That's because you didn't back him up, Jen. I know. Well, so, yeah, I know. <laughs> it was just, it wasn't fun. Um, the controls being inverted, it was really hard for me not to either crash directly into the water or the ground or a mountain or fly up into the sky where it's like telling you you need to come back down now. Um, yeah. watching Dan play, I know I was probably again, like not used to it. So I, I probably was hitting the joystick too much in one direction or another. Um, I also didn't like how the reticle snaps back to the center right away. So that was kind of annoying when I was trying to aim at the enemies, it was snapping back to the center. So I felt like I was having to then like hit the, the joystick more in the opposite way to kind of account for that. Um, so, I mean, I was coming at this as like a true new player, so I had never really played this before. Um, the first mission was easy enough. Like I, I beat it. I didn't, you know, avoid all damage or anything like that. But, um, the second mission was like way harder and I didn't finish it because I kept dying. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of the part it was, t I, I'm assuming it was probably towards the end of the level. Um, cause it was going for a while, but like when the enemies would start shooting the rainbow circles at you, um, I don't know what else to call them, but I just kept hitting the circles and dying. Um, my other, my other, I guess, big complaint was, and this is more so for the switch port. So I can't really knock the game for this. Uh, but on the switch, it would tell you, you know, in the first mission, like Dan was saying before, like, oh, do a barrel roll or hit the brakes, whatever. And it would very quickly tell you the button to hit and then immediately leave the screen. And not only that, but it would tell you the N64 controls to use, not the switch. So I was like, God damn it. I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, oh, just, you know, you have to figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't I don't enjoy this game enough to want to. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't have fun with it. I, I get why people like it because you know, you have the characters who I'm sure are lovable and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it just it got on my nerves really bad. And he, of course, picks up the controller and he just gets through like six levels like that. Like so easy. I'm like, oh, OK, that's fine. Whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I don't like this game at all. So he is here to defend its honor. Okay. So I, I guess somebody needs to. It, Dan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. All right, Dan, your opening statement. It's such a simple game. Oh, it's damn, just, okay. It's it so is, I mean, it's, he's not he's not totally wrong. Yeah. Well, I'm not yeah, okay. Out of school here. It's you you go up down left right. It, and okay. there's things flying at you, you avoid them. It's not difficult. Um and you've put in 
a hundred hours in a game called Animal Crossing, where they own shops and they 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 do all these crazy things on an island, but they can't fly fighter jets. That's that's a bridge too far. Uh, they can't do that. It's insane. Um, it's it's make believe. I who think cares? it's yeah. Go ahead. You can keep going. Yeah. Who cares? It's it's make believe. It's it's cool. Uh, it's way better than how it used to look for the Super Nintendo, where it was all it was basically polygons that weren't even rendered. Um, it, it's it couldn't it couldn't be a more simple game where you're, the you you have to do nothing again but move up down left and right. But it moves you forward, and yeah, I, I get the controls aren't super easy at first, but once you know what they are, it's. It's pretty simple. It's you press one button to speed up, one to slow down, one to shoot, one to shoot a bomb, and then you press down and I think it's down and Y, and you do a backflip, and that's pretty much it. There's really nothing to it. It's it's a good looking game. The characters are annoying. Your your co-pilots are annoying, but they're there just to give you to give you advice. They they don't really do anything else. The AI is terrible. Yeah, they don't. They definitely don't assist in any of the fights no essentially what they're there to do is tell you how to move to this the special areas yeah so in certain times they'll tell you like oh shoot the switch or like oh stop the train do this do that and if you do what they tell you you access a secret area of the game um i it, it surprises me that you weren't able or not able you were so against wanting to learn it uh, because again it, it's not like because i remember you would talk about monster hunter and monster hunter you would say had these in, just ridiculous controls where you you could do a ton of different things with it and it's really hard to pick up and this is the like the exact opposite where there's only a few controls and it would probably take it'd probably take you a minute to learn if you if you wanted to um yeah i I don't know what else to say it's just it's a very simple game it's it's for kids like you said right mm-hmm. so they're not going to make it incredibly difficult um yeah not like us that had to play nes games <laughs> yeah i i think for what it was it, it it's not meant to be too difficult and it's not meant to be too easy you know you're you're gonna die in certain parts and the the bosses range from ludicrously easy to somewhat difficult the uh the star wolf team is pretty hard but they're not they're not terrible you could probably you might die once or twice but you should be able to beat them after a few a few rounds um yeah yeah, and it's a decent looking game there it's it doesn't have a lot of variety but because it's not meant to it's a flight simulator Essentially, like you could you there's a way to more to have the cockpit view. Yeah, which I don't I never like because it, it severely limits your uh, range of view. So you could literally just see what's in front of you. And then you'll get I guess you would get warnings on if there's an attack coming from behind or from the sides or whatever. Um, it, you, at the very end, you fight a giant monkey head. So you got you kind of have to take things with a grain of salt. Yeah. You know, that's. I'm I'm pretty sure that's who you fight in the Super Nintendo version as well. It's just and it's pretty much it, I think it's pretty much the same game. Yeah, yeah. essentially it they, is, they, right? They they basically just redid 
the game they quote unquote remastered the game for n64 because it it finally had the processing power essentially yeah um yeah they just wanted to look how it was supposed to look the first time i i was offended by how quickly jen put this game down (laughs) well to be fair you weren't home when i played it the first time i watched you play it before that was the second time i ever played it I, I told her the key is to barrel roll. If you barrel roll, you'll you'll be fine. Uh, you you'll get hit every now and then. Yeah. But you'll you're more or less you're gonna make it to the end. And when Dan said, "Oh, just do a barrel roll," and I said, "How?" and he was like, "I don't know. <laughs> Figure it out." I'm like, "Well, that's part of the problem." So I'm coming in. I'm coming into this as a new player that's never done it before. So I don't even have the instincts where, like, okay, on the N64, I remember it was this button. I, I don't know what the barrel roll does. I didn't know in game that it blocks bullets or whatever. And there like are, I, s- there are seven buttons on that controller. It, it you just got to figure it out. I can't be there for you every day. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know I can't. I can't hold your hand, babe. The point is, the point is for me as a new player, the fact that the directions on screen, even if they were true to the Switch controls that I was on. They were flash like they they're only there for like a second. So I'm trying not to crash into a mountain or I'm trying to like shoot at enemies and they verbally will say like, oh, you know, hit the brakes or whatever one time. And by the time that it registered that they're telling me what to do at the bottom of the screen, it left. So I might have seen like hold down and I'm like, wait, down and what? (laughs) I panic. There's it's one of the relics of the. of the uh, uh, instruction manual error. Sure, yeah. You know, where when the game was made, they expected you to have this. and Right. You know, um, but I agree, you know, nowadays tutorials are, are a little more hand-holdy and um, not expecting, you know, they, they know there's not a manual. You can mm-hmm. just go read, you yeah. know. So that that's really where the difference comes, where some people complain about tutorials being, you know, hand-holding too much. Well, that's because back in the day, you know, 64 and all, and even, and even definitely before that, sometimes the, the programmers expect you to read the book before playing the game. Right. You know, um, and I don't know why um, Nintendo doesn't make it easy to, like, read the book in the pause menu. I don't even think you can. Um, the QR code you have to look up, I think. Yeah, which is a very Nintendo-like solution. <laughs> um, to the problem because i know the playstation classic games and stuff um back on ps3 you you could actually pull up a like black and white scan of the of the manual um for ps1 games um on there but yeah yeah i can see both sides here because especially i was lucky that you know the inverted controls didn't affect me too much because i it's the only time i really use my brain clicks with inverted is flying a plane um, so I didn't have too much trouble with that. Um, and then I can see from if you, you know, are using a non N64 controller and it gives you N64 controls, you know, you're, it kind of takes a while for your brain to register it or, um, and then it says it's so fast that you're basically just experimenting at that point. So Jen's frustrations are definitely warranted. Um, also, you gotta think we kind of, we came from, cause Jen, I don't, You've, have you ever played the original Star Fox? No, but I know when Dan was saying they're practically polygons, I, I remember it looking like that. I remember, yeah. I think I might have seen him play once. 
And I was like, what the heck? It's, you, it's trippy. Looking. If you've ever played that and then you played this, it's like... I'm sure I, it's, it's like not incredible. being able to see and then being able to see. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, I mean, I know like this is this is one of those games, like classic games that people, you know, love. Um, and my my biggest point was what I just said about the controls and stuff, like not necessarily the character design. Like, I think it's silly, but I'm not going to truly hold that against it. It's um, it's it's interesting. It's like I was telling Dan um, off podcast before. Like you have a game like Metroid where it some of the stuff in that game is like real wild and you're like, wow, someone thought of this crazy creature and like the music's crazy, but it works. It's got that horror theme and it's it's weird in like a creepy way. Um, and in this, it's just like silly weird. Um, and there are parts of it that are very trippy with the bright flashing colors and the grids that you have to fly through and all of that. Um, it's definitely a creative game. I'll give it that. But yeah, it just... I don't like, I don't like, I haven't really played many flight simulators. I don't know if I'm more like realistic, like Microsoft flight sim or something. I don't know how I would feel about the, you know, playing that. I think it would be cool, but I've never really played flight simulators and I've never really, you know, necessarily enjoyed them as much as I would like a driving game um, or another kind of simulator. Yeah. So I get like the premise behind it is very simple. Like Dan said, you move in one of four directions and you you know have some abilities like barrel rolling and stuff and you have to shoot the enemies but it got is is more complicated than that for sure no, like not. having to it's not. <laughs> okay it's very very simple it okay. could be more simple sure well i guess i'm an idiot and uh, no, it no, must no. be the best game ever i'm not saying that no you said that okay well, i didn't say that Anyway, I feel like there's more to it than just moving your person around the screen and shooting at enemies. Um, <laughs> you definitely have to be used to the controls enough where you can easily maneuver th around obstacles while also locking on and shooting the enemies. So it's definitely something that would take me a while to get used to. Because yeah. like I said, I'm not used to the whole inverted controls thing. I think you just didn't want to learn, <laughs> right? That's like, You even admitted it. Like, I had no interest in learning, right? It's not that I didn't have an interest in... There's a difference between having to memorize the controls and I'm playing it on a controller that isn't even matching the game controls, what it's telling me to do. So that right there, like, personally, is a huge disconnect in my brain for me. And some people are can easily pick it up. Like, you, were, you easily picked it up as soon as you figured out what buttons were what. For me, I can't do it. There's just something I've done it before when we've played other retro let games where I am on like my generic Xbox ripoff controller and it's telling me, you know, like PlayStation controls when I'm playing a game and I'm like, I still can't get it down. It's just something in my brain that messes me up. Um, so why? Why do you think I picked it up so easily? Well, you love the game no. and you well, there, there's that. But there's another reason you have enough i guess experience playing the original one to know that i what is barrel roll the same thing like the bumper button whatever that is on you're, the n64 you're close i think there's a better reason though <laughs> there's got a right there's another reason I, I can't quite figure it out could you help me out here why did i figure it out why do you think Oh, do we are we having marriage counseling on the yeah on, this I, is I, getting I, a little I, personal dan yeah, i need i just i need to hear it why did i figure it out so because quickly. you you 
No, I don't know. Uh, You've played the game before. I don't know what else to tell you. I think you're just jelly. I'm not jelly. You're you're so jelly. I I'm upstairs and you're in the basement. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're being onions. so brazen right now. Well, I come uh, upstairs and you're oh, I didn't we, mean it. We got to peel back the onion here. So you're you're recording down down in the basement. I'm in. Uh -huh. I'm on the second floor. Uh -huh. I can feel the the envy. The, the <laughs> oh my god! I, I can feel the Star Fox sixty four envy radiating through the floorboards. <laughs> it's it's toxic. It's not envy. It's danger. You're in danger. <laughs> yeah, you better be careful. You'll be sleeping in there tonight. <laughs> It might be more comfortable. The dogs won't be on the bed. I won't have to worry about that. Okay. No, no, I said the I said the dogs, not my wife, because the dogs okay. take over our bed. So yeah. So before we uh, get to our scores, um, one thing I want to mention um, for those of you um, out there that maybe haven't played it or um, you know have played it and just want to drop the one knowledge of trivia on here is that. Um, this the branching paths in this was probably one of the coolest features of the time um, that made the replayability a lot better than some of the sh other shorter N64 games. Um, and it was kind of probably one of the reasons that, you know, it, it's had the longevity. So um, without further ado, I'll start. Um, I'll give it my score. Um, I'll give it a, a four out of five. Um, I had fun with what I played. If I could just get that one button to work, I probably could have got through, you know, probably a couple more levels on stream. Um, you know, once I, once I figured out a bunch of stuff, um, it was, it was fun. And, you know, you know, it was, it, it, I started to get back into the groove, um, of playing a, a, an N64 game, but yeah, yeah. Music's great. Um, I love the, um, the fact that, you know, having the, uh, so much of a story behind it and stuff um, for a game that whose basic concept is um, very simplified in that you're basically just traveling through space to go kill, uh, you know, uh, a space dictator or whatever. Um, and, you know, they, they put all this behind it. So um, for all that, um, I wrap it up to a four. Um, uh, we'll go to Tom. I am also going to give it a four. Uh, like you said, it has a, a lot of replay replay value. Uh, and I it's I like a simple uh, space shooter every now and then. Uh, the, you don't get many on rail shooters that are that are good these days that have the same feeling as a original Star Fox. I think I think they, they got to a point where they they did the best they could and they were like, yeah, I don't think we're gonna do anything else anymore. So I feel like uh, this one kind of kind of set the bar for for on rail shooters i mean this is the, I'm, i know i'm gonna get shit if i don't mention <laughs> panzer dragoon yes that's that's obviously a a better one but we're talking yeah. we're, we're talking nintendo systems here so this is probably the best one i've seen on a nintendo system so four so, out of five for me so you're saying you didn't want to play this on your wii u using your tablet as your reticle no I, I own that. I've never taken it out of the package. <laughs> I bought it for $5 brand new. <laughs> so that tells you how good that game was. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll go to Dan. Uh, I give it a one out of five. No, um, I, I give it a five. A five out of five. five. This is one five. of the best games ever made, Jen. All right. 
no, I, I, I think I give it a five out of five simply because of nostalgia, how easy it is to just pick it up. And at least for me, and I'm not, I'm not poking fun here, how easy it is to just pick it up and spend a half hour playing it and beating it. And because if, if you, you could just do it whenever, you know, especially on the Switch now, you're like, oh, you got nothing better to do. You're kind of hanging out. You go through the library. Oh, look, Star Fox 64, play that for a little while. It's a good waste of time. Very simple. It looks nice. Still looks nice. The, the music isn't great. I, I'll, I definitely agree with Jen there. The, the music is kind of lacking. But it, it looks far better than its predecessors. It, it handles well for me. I, I definitely understand the inverted uh, flight controls can be a little tricky at, at first. But once you get used to it, it you know, again, it took me f- like a, a minute to get used to it. Um, and and I do like, I'm not going to say I like this more than Mario Kart, because Mario Kart, you play with friends and you can mess around, have fun. But what Mark mentioned with the different pathways makes it a little bit more, uh, it, it adds a level of difficulty and adds a level of replayability that a game like Mario Kart didn't have for the 64 so it again it was fun for me to figure out oh how do i how do i get that red path because i think there was green yellow and red so green was the easiest yellow was uh medium red was the most difficult and then you could if you did the red path spoilers you got the special ending where when you beat andros his giant monkey head your father shows up in his uh y-wing it shows he shows up in the aircraft and he leads you out of the or i don't know if it's really him or if it's maybe fox's imagination right so just like real quick i gotta get into the backstory now i forgot about this (laughs) so 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 star star wolf right they're they're the evil faction right jen yeah right jen is jen there did did i lose her yeah, I'm just, I'm so uh, enraptured by the lore. I'm just okay. listening. Well, now maybe you'll get more into it because there's, there's betrayal. It's not just, it's not just cutesy animals, just being cute and funny and, and just silly. So For the record, I didn't say they were cute, but you, you said that they were adorable. I heard you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a, a, um there was a pig that was on the original Star Fox team. I think it was uh, Star Fox's father, uh, the the pig, uh, Peppy and Falco, I want to say, that they were the original team, right? So then, get this, the pig betrays Star Fox team, shoots down Star Fox's dad, right? So now everyone thinks Star Fox's father is dead. So now, because Jen, you asked me, like, why are they, like, the the only hope? And, like, Mm -hmm. what's their, what's their motivation here so star fox is like the up-and-coming pilot right mm-hmm. so there he's the ace pilot he's like he's like top gun maverick i knew you were gonna say that right he's like maverick and he's he's got to put everyone through the ropes he's got to show them that he he's he's cocky he's a little cocky but he's good he's a good uh fighter pilot right so anyway the the pig shows up at the towards the end if you go a certain route and uh, you fight uh, the, the Star Wolf uh, squad and the, the pig's a part of that 
So you take him down. And I think he even like he he mocks you at, like oh, I'm going to shoot you just like I shot down your father and he oinks like a pig does. Uh but anyway. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so who edits this podcast? Mark? Yeah. So you, when I say he oinks like a pig, you have to put in the oinking noise I, now. I, I will surely do that. Yes. Perfect. Get right on, get right on that. Listen, the, I, I'm giving you gold here, man. Like this is what this is how you get to that next level, dude. All right. Let me tell you something about podcasting, brother. That's how you do it. Um, so anyway, when you you defeat Andros, if you fly in the the hard level. Your dad shows up and he like leads you out of the, the maze to get, you know, to get the safety because there's the ticking clock aspect. Jen, do you remember? Uh, kind of. Oh, oh, you never beat it. So how could you know? How could right, you know? Dad. All right. Anyway, I don't know if the father really shows up or if, or if it's like a figment of Fox's imagination, but that's the special ending, essentially. And your dad says he believes in you and he loves you and it's very touching. And Mario Kart didn't have that. All right. So that's why it gets five out of five. That was an incredible rating. Yeah. Well, because you're going to give it a one or whatever. And I, I had to defend it. So so you're just looking at it at a, like, oh, I didn't like this game. But now now that you know that Fox's dad died, how, how does that make you feel? <clears throat> so I can re- remember. Remember who you're talking to now. Remember. <laughs> okay. So I give this game a three out of five, not a one out of five, because I was intending on only judging it on the controls, because that is truly the only part that actually irritated me. And I didn't think it was fair holding any other point against it. Um, I am willing to play this on the N64 where I actually have that controller to see the difference between learning the controls with the actual buttons that the screen is telling you to use. And I would be happy to amend my my score if I felt that it should be higher or lower based on that. Um, but yeah, I'm reading it on the experience that I had. I didn't super enjoy the game, obviously. Um, but I, I recognize that it's simple in the fact that it's a, a space shooter, you know, like a flight simulator game. So it's not like... You know, I didn't like the storyline and I really didn't mind the music that much. Like there wasn't one thing that just absolutely made my life miserable. It was just more so me, as Dan very kindly pointed out, um, that I just I didn't like the controls and I had a hard time with it because of that. Um, And obviously the fact that they give you a half a second to register what you are supposed to do in the beginning. Um, So, yeah, I give it a three out of five. Like I said, I'm, I'm happy to play it on the original hardware. That way I have like a more accurate sense of the controls with the actual legit controller and all that. And uh, I'll report back if anything changed with my opinion. I do recommend at least giving it a shot with a, yeah. with a regular N64 controller. For it's sure. uh, it's a lot different for sure. Yeah, I'm sure like the nothing beats the feeling of a good controller in your hand. So I'm That's sure it'll she help said. a lot. Oh. Yeah, she did. She did say that. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. You weren't yeah, lying then. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, so let's move on. Tom, let's spin that wheel. All right, Tom, what did we get? All right, we got Pokemon Leaf Green for the Game Boy Advance. Nice. Put some of my new Pokemon skills to work. <laughs> you get to put all those brand new Pokemon skills to the test in a 10-year-old, 20-year-old game. 
<laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited because I think the last time that we played any kind of Pokemon game, I remember, um, you know, Mark hadn't really been interested or had played it much, if not at all. So I'm excited to hear what you think about it now that you're, you know, introducing yourself to the Pokemon universe, Mark. Get, getting in my into the baby game for babies. Get it. <laughs> and uh, I am excited, um, yeah. you know, to, to go back and, and check out, um, you know, the roots. You know, from a game that uh, you know released, I guess was it, yeah, twenty something years ago. So, uh, well, this is essentially a remake of the original games of the Red and Blue games. Oh, oh good. So it also, but it has a lot more. Uh, so, is this where I can pick Charizard and be a masochist? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's essentially a, a remake of the originals, but uh, with all the bells and whistles of the GBA games. Nice. All right. So look forward to that tonight um, as I uh, stream uh, through uh, this an older Pokemon game. Um, yeah. So make sure you, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitch at uh, Game Vault Pod. Um, we'll be live uh, tonight, um, Wednesday, and um, probably one other day during the week. Um, I was planning on streaming this week, but. Um, I didn't think any, everybody wanted to hear me hacking up a lung um, for an entire stream. Um, but, yeah, we'll get back at it this week. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, 2022, uh, 2023, Jesus. Because um, I had completely forgotten, real fast before we end, um, about the Dead Space remake. Um, and didn't have that on the list of games coming out. Um, so, looking forward uh to that so for tom and jen and uh special guest dan um i'm mark and we'll see you next time bye